0: Is rising on an emerging generation of kings. We seek to experience that God wants to give us more than things, right? He wants to give us more than promises, things, material resources. He wants to give us Himself. Himself. So you remember what God said. To so Abraham, it said, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. So the reward for worship is God. Or oh, did somebody get that? Did somebody get that? Did somebody get that? You didn't get it? Let me explain it. God said, I'm your exceedingly great reward. He didn't say, I will give you a reward. He says, I am your reward. Which means that when you've brought that offering or that sacrifice, the reward you get is God. God gives you more of himself. So worship is not a pastime, a segment of the service, an aspect of it. Neither is the word, just a segment of the service, an aspect of it. But these things are opportunities for us to quote and unquote reap. reward god not the rewards from god but god himself that's why the bible says in the book of galatians chapter six i believe it's from verse six through seven it says do not be deceived god cannot be mocked and what does it say whatsoever a man sows that shall he also reap." now many times when we quote that we quote about offering right about giving stuff material things But that's not the context there. Do you know what the context was? It says, he that gives to the flesh, shall what? Of the flesh reap. So he's talking about the systems, the reward systems of canality and spirituality. The reward systems of the flesh and the spirit. So the reward system of the flesh is there. What does it mean? That if you pay more attention, more energy, give energy, attention, mind share, mental space, to the things of the flesh, are you going to reap something or not? Will you reap or not? What will you reap? Shout aloud. Shout aloud. Shout aloud. You don't want to reap corruption. Right? And if you sow to the spirit, what do you reap? What do you reap? Life and peace. So, how do you know what you're sowing? Number one, what's the posture of your heart? Because it's great to cry, you know, cry and fall and roll, that's great. But you know, people can be crying for different reasons. Maybe they actually ate Yam and pepper this morning. And then when they're trying to adjust their makeup, like, there was an impartation, right? I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying that's a possibility. <laughs> Isn't that so? Or maybe the person had some uh, mentholated stain, balm in their hands. So what I'm saying is it's okay to cry. You know, there's a King's Crying Committee that is fast-growing, right? But the tears alone are not the proof of spiritual worship. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's okay to lie down, but do you know that you can lie down because you're tired? <laughs> not because you are like, ah, I need to lay prostrate before God. Right? People can do that. It's okay for you to sing, but you can sing because you like the song. Not because you love the person that you're singing about. So the attitude of the heart, or let me use this word, the heartitude. Somebody say heartitude as heart. an H-E-A-R-T. I-T-U-D-E, the heartitude, right? And the intentionality, you know, that this is to God. So when you sing, you sing intentionally. When you dance, you dance intentionally. When you give, you give how? Intentionally. When you roll on the floor, you roll. (laughs) Glory to God. Look at somebody say, God is in the house. I can see some very, very special people with us this morning. We're still gonna receive and celebrate Um, those who are with us for the very first time. But I saw somebody that is very dear and special to me all the way from the UK. I sent her a message last night. I didn't know that she was in the country. Please celebrate Yvonne this morning. I've told you people, it's very cold in London, so make it warm, make it warm, make the appreciation. People at the back on that side, they don't like to appreciate people. It's just like, Where is it? Me too, I'm from London, Osapa, London. <laughs> and there's a place called that in Oniro around Oniro, right? <laughs> it's London. London is London. All right, and then somebody who's also very, very special, interesting. I just met her this last week, but I feel like I've known her for a very long time. She was in the week long training. That, that I hosted uh, under the canopy of one of my business expressions. And she's with us this morning, looking fine with the glory of God. Can we celebrate? Oyikosala! Come on, celebrate her with warmth. Is that your sister? Your cousin? You are very fine your family. See? Glory. Hallelujah! Somebody say Hallelujah! <laughs> Glory to God! I can see all over you. Glory of the Lord. What's your name, cousin? Ayomide. I- ah, Hallelujah. Oyinconsola then Ayowati. Come on, let's celebrate them. All right, so I definitely can't finish my thought for the first service, but it's okay because what I'm teaching in first and second services are very similar. Second service will be an extension of the first service, so I'll just lay the foundation in the service. And for those who are able to wait, do wait. For the second service, for those who are not able to wait, not a problem, you can listen to it on SoundCloud from tomorrow. John chapter four, very quickly, John chapter four. Sorry about the noise, it's not angels knocking. It's uh, they're doing so. So be like, ah, this ministry is very spiritual. The worship was so intense. The word was so powerful, and angels were even knocking. <laughs> it's not angels; it's human beings. I want umu Adamu, Adamo. John chapter (laughs) 4. Someone said, you're too tired for this. It's Sunday morning. John chapter 4. I'm going to pick it up from verse 5. I'll read it alone for time's sake. I might skip a couple of verses, but please follow closely as I read. John chapter 4 from verse 5. If you're there, can you say a thunderous amen? I love the energy. Make it better and hotter. So let me take it from verse 5 let me take from verse 1 therefore when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John though John himself did not baptize but his disciples he left Judea and departed again to Galilee but he needed watch this he needed not wanted he needed there are some things in your life that are wants there are certain things in your life that are needs there are certain things in your life or destiny ministry assignment that are wants there are certain things in your ministry assignment that are not wants they are what? needs so it says he needed to go through Samaria so he came to a city of Samaria which is called Sika or (laughs) Sika. Sika. near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph Now Jacob's well was there. Look at somebody say well. 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 Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey. Sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her. Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him. How is it that you. Being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God. And who it is who says to you, give me a drink. He would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Then the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly and the woman said to him sir I perceive that you are a prophet our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship Jesus said to her, woman believe me the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father you worship what you do not know we know what we do worship For salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Then the woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. What did Jesus say to her? I am that Messiah that you are looking for I am that rescuer that you're hoping will come in the future. I am that deliverer that you're trusting will break loose and rise on the horizon someday. I am that solution that the whole world is crying for. As we begin again into this teaching this morning, I want you to know something that the Jesus of the Bible is not just a figment, is not a figment of our imagination, is not a character in history, is not an element in a storybook. He is not an icon of hope. He is not just a model or a fantastic teacher. He is The life of God. The Bible says that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him. He's the centerpiece of all creation. If you go through Colossians chapter 1, 16 through 18, he explains to us that he's at the very center of everything that God created. John chapter 1 explains to us that by him were all things made, nothing was made that was made without him. Hebrews chapter 12 calls him the author and the finisher of our faith. John chapter 14, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the Nobody is going to come to the Father except by me. John chapter 9, he says, I am the light of the world. I am, I am, I am. Not I will be and not I was, but the I am dimension of God. Look at somebody say, he still is. Raise your voice and say, he still is. I just want someone to be encouraged. If Jesus healed yesterday, he's still healing today. He's still the bread of life today. He is still the door today. He is still the way today. He's still the life today. He is still the creator today. He is still the one who makes a way today. I don't know what you came with this Sunday morning. What burden, what baggage, what issue, what question, what difficulty. The God who made heaven and earth is alive you will never find the obituary of God you will never find the memorial of God you will never find the tombstone of God in fact Jesus went to the grave and came up again just to let you know that I'm still alive I'm so alive that death cannot kill me I'm so alive that through death I destroy death if you don't believe me say nothing do nothing hang around chill on the spot but if you believe and look at somebody and slap them a palm burning blister inducing high-five and take tell them, he's still alive. He's still the resurrection. He is still the life. He is still the wonderful way maker. He is still the hope of the world. He is still the desire of nations. He is still what everybody is looking for. The club boy is looking for him. The club girl is looking. The aristocrat is looking for him. This one is looking for him. The politicians are looking for him. Let me tell you what I mean. He said politicians are not looking for Jesus. Politicians are looking for the way they're looking for the way. The club boy is looking for life. The club girl is looking for direction. Come on somebody. Direction is in Jesus. Life is in Jesus. Hope is in Jesus. Faith is in Jesus. But some of you you are too familiar with Jesus because you've known him for a long time. So when we speak about him, there is nothing moving in your spirit. You're not excited. You're more excited about Nigeria beating Cameroon than you are about Jesus establishing victory over the devil. You're more excited about an iPhone forward but there is an eye oh my god come on that god has on you you've got to understand that jesus is not a commodity that you can buy he is priceless he is endless his love is boundless is there anybody who's excited about jesus who's too excited to sit down casually and hang around like a person who's not appreciative i want you to shout i'm grateful for jesus I'm grateful look for seven people tell them I'm grateful for Jesus I won't take him for granted I won't hang around like he doesn't matter I won't treat him like a commodity I can buy I won't treat him like a figure from history let me announce to everybody in this generation Jesus is not Mahatma Gandhi Jesus is not Mother Teresa Jesus is not Cicero Democinus Aristotle Jesus is not Alexander Fleming Jesus is not an inventor is bigger than Henry Ford and Bill Gates. Oh my god, Jesus is not just all oh, bigger than Bill Gates, he can pay any bill and open any gate. Oh my god, come on, somebody. He's no Yakashe boy, he's not just bigger than Warren Buffet, he can help you win everything you're worrying against, and he can create a buffet for you. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, he's the hope of the world, he's the first and the last he's the alpha and the omega he's the valley raiser and the mountain mover he's the door opener and the jail breaker he's the healer of broken hearts he's the doctor who's never lost a case, he's the accountant that can count everything including the things that you can not see he is everything and more and after you've expired and all the things in the world have faded away he will still be there shining in the beauty of his glory he'll still be there moving things but cut to the wheel of his word He's still there Somebody shout that name Sh- Shout it with joy Shout it with excitement Shout it One major reason many believers struggle with evangelism Is that you can't sell a product you're not excited about So you can't rescue anybody If you don't, first of all, appreciate the fact That you were once rescued yourself And that's what happens to many believers You put your nose in the air, you sit down in church and wait for the preacher to bless you there is no preacher in the world whose entire assignment all the time is to solely gratify your needs and desires, the preacher is sent to put a tool in your hand or show you the tools in your hand because we are on a rescue mission people are committing suicide but you have the life they need do you know why? eternal life can take care of anything because the height of what the devil can deal with is death ah, but when death came again Eternal life. Life swallowed up death and victory. That means that if the life of God could swallow up death, cancer is too small. All failure is too small. Poverty is too small. Shame is too small. A nasty past is too small. The Jesus on the inside of you can take care of every problem on the outside of you. You've got to be excited about Jesus you've got to be fervent about Jesus you've got to be intensely enamored about the fact that he saved you did Jesus save anybody in here? that when you were stuck in that addiction and you couldn't find your way out, he came with the word he came with light, he came with the teaching, he came with the message, he came with hope, he came with restoration and pulled you out of it and guess what there were times you still went back into it did he give up on you? We came looking for you. Please, proceed seated for a few more minutes. Nudge somebody beside you. Say, "I'm I'm too excited to be cold." <laughs> oh yes, I'm too excited about my salvation to be cold. I would have been a first-class student of hell. I would have been a master's degree holder in fornication. I would have been the PhD holder in depression. I would have been the professor of pain. I would have been the researcher in rejection. But thank God for Jesus. He came through for me. I didn't even know what I was missing. Because I felt that was all life had to offer. Because when you're in darkness, you don't know how deep the darkness is in. How many of you can look back over your life right now and say, What was I doing with that lousy guy? And that silly girl. What was I doing kissing those nasty mouths? Come on, somebody. How many of you can look back over your life and say, "What in the world?" What, what? Because you're in the light, but when you were in the darkness, you felt like this is the height of enjoyment. Because darkness will make what ought to be detestable desirable. And in darkness you will lick pomade and call it salad cream. In darkness you will use a lubo as powder. You know a lubo? You know elubo? you know a lubo? You know Yam flour? Pardon? Cool. <laughs> you think you look cool after Exactly, you feel like you look cool. But someone be like, your bronzer is a little different today. What up? What happened? What up, what up? What's up in? And that's what happens. When the Bible says the things that they ought to be ashamed of, they glorify because they are fallen, they are in darkness. Look at some say, I'm not in darkness anymore. anymore. When I was in darkness, I used to stumble on things. I used to fall into things. I used to hurt myself. Because in darkness, you hurt yourself. You inflict pain on yourself. And then sometimes you blame God. But you're not in darkness anymore. Oh, la whoever is still dealing with the forces of darkness, with the pool of darkness, with the rope of darkness will lose you today in the name of Jesus Christ let me show you something from the book of Ephesians chapter 4 real quick before I exige the text Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 17 who has amplified message Bible you have amplified can you read from verse 17 what's wrong with the sound like yeah sound like my new I'm sorry. Just like it's the marine stirs. Better. Better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He says, don't leave like the Gentiles leave. Now he explains how they leave. In the futility of their minds. The mind. This one says in the vanity futility, vanity, same thing, which means that whatever they're using their minds to think calculate, compose, it will end up as what? Nothing. But they have cars, don't they? But they have houses, don't they? But they have millions of followers. God says all of that stuff is zilch. Nothing. And then it says something. And, and the foolishness and emptiness of your soul. The foolishness and Emptiness. Of their souls continue. For their moral understanding is darkened and their reason is clouded. Their their risen is clouded. Is clouded. They are eliminated and self-banished from the life of God. Wow. With no share in it. No share in the life of God. This is because of the willful or the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness mm-hmm. that is deep seated within mm-hmm. them. Because of the hardness and insensitivity of their heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have given themselves over as prayers. They've given themselves over as please look at your neighbor and say everyone who's, not saved is a everyone who's not saved is a victim. Oh, they might look beautiful, but they're a victim. They might even be CEO, but they're still the victim. He says they've given themselves over as prey. Mm-hmm. But, oh. <laughs> so, unbridled sensuality the of every kind of They are craving, longing, yearning, every kind of impurity. That their desires, so they are being led, not by the divine, but by their desires. They have being moved, pulled in a certain direction by their cravings. They are slaves of their cravings and their yearnings. They are on a leash of lust. They are in the car of casualty. They, they are in the place where they cannot help themselves. In other words, they are bound. And in the book of John, where we read, the word says that Jesus said to them, I must go to Samaria. Why am I going to Samaria? I'm going to Samaria because there is a prey that has become a captive in Samaria. Look at somebody, say somebody is tied down because you haven't gone to Samaria. Where is Jesus today? Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus today? Because the Jesus in you hasn't gone to a Samaria in your space, a Samaria in your world, a Samaria in your environment. One woman is experimenting with her sexuality and her life uh, with seven different men because you haven't gone to Samaria. Look at somebody and say, stop being distracted by your situation. You need to go to Samaria. Some of you said it like you didn't really mean it, but look at somebody eyeball to eyeball till their pupils become students, not just pupils, and tell them stop staying stuck in your situation. Go to Samaria. Today, Samaria is not a geographical location, or not always a geographical location. It's a domain of thinking, it's an ideology it's a realm that has governing philosophies it's a place that people occupy it's a place in which people are stuck Jesus did not say I think it's a good idea to go to Samaria you know one of the things that many of us struggle with is this we read that scripture Philippians four nineteen. what does it say my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory and all that we think about is what material needs but God also supplies opportunities that are the needs for your ministry. So Samaria was a need that Jesus had. The trip to Samaria. The needs that God supplies are not just things to quench your thirst in your life. But to quench the thirst that somebody else has. So when somebody is asking you for money, sometimes God is supplying your need. You need to be a blessing to that person. who oh, come on somebody. Jesus didn't say it's a good idea to go to Samaria Jesus didn't say Jason what do you think about the possibility of the likelihood of perhaps maybe we should check out whether it's possible to begin to examine the frequency of the vibration of the nerve about come on he says I need to go to Samaria the rescue mission has to do with the team but it calls for personal responsibility Jesus was saying, I'm willing to go to Samaria if nobody comes with me. Oh my God. Because we've raised a generation of people who evangelize only when the church calls for it. Who evangelize only when we say, Everybody, let's go out on outreach. But do you know the greatest outreach is not the one we do when we're together? The greatest outreach is the one you do when you're in your place of work, and I'm in my place of work, and you're on the boss. Because when we come together, 200 or so of us, and we come together, we can cover only one catchment area. But when the 200 people are scattered, a crow, come on, you hearing what I'm saying? Scattered across the land, they are evangelists in the different offices different bosses, the different spaces and that place is Samaria. Sometimes Samaria is a yellow and black boss. Sometimes Samaria is a red BRT boss. Sometimes Samaria is the street in front of your house. Sometimes Samaria, some of you are still sitting down like, oh well you're already in Samaria. Well let me call for somebody who's saying to themselves from today, I'm not going to allow what I'm going through. Keep me stuck in one place. High five yourself and say Lola, go to Samaria. I must go. Please be seated to Samaria. Many of us were used to going to Jerusalem. So we go to church. <laughs> and we ought to go to church as and gather with a local body of believers. But we don't find Jesus saying, I must go to the synagogue. In other words, the sense of urgency to go to Samaria even looked like it was stronger than the sense of urgency to gather in the synagogue. The true measurement of your spirituality is not how sophisticated your tongues sound, but how passionate you are about what God is passionate about. So you can Rokoto, Rokoto, Retire my tie, Retire my boat tie, Suzuki, Honda, Yamaha, Yamaha, Yamaha's Nokia, Samsung, Samsung. If your heart is not vibing with a sense of intense compulsion that drives you away from the place of personal need, why am I talking about personal need? Because the Bible says that Jesus was hungry. Oh my God. Jesus was hungry But he knew that somebody else was thirsty. So he prioritized the thirst of his generation above the hunger of his person. And we are not ready to rescue anybody if we're so focused on rescuing ourselves from what we're hungry for. Because the quest to satisfy your hunger will stand in the way of the need for a generation to have their thirst quenched. So you're hungry. You need food. Jesus needed food. Hungry for material food. Some people here you're hungry for jobs. You have a need for it. Some people are hungry for marriage. You've said to the Lord this year must not pass me by. God come let's have family meeting. You are my father. Therefore you are the father-in-law to my husband. (laughs) <laughs> Angu <laughs> pardon what is say? <laughs> okay so that's our new prayer point God you're yeah, my father you're yeah, my husband's father-in-law where is he <laughs> somebody say legitimate hunger say legitimate hunger Yes, at a certain age, your systems kicking and there is a craving because you have too much love for one. <laughs> but some of y'all don't believe that because some single ladies, what they actually even do is that they start cooking for two. They serve the dishes and all of that. Bobo how far? You know, you know, I lure you. Even buy and co for the guy. Ashurebi, don't let your Ashurebi become Ashurebi. Yeah. But we have legitimate needs. Somebody's graduated for two, three years and waiting for a job. You're hungry for a job. But Jesus never says, "I must needs go to Jerusalem bakery to find some food." In fact, Jesus does not even say. I have power, let me turn stones to bread. Because he could. In other words, my desire to see souls saved must exceed my desire to walk miracles. My desire to see souls saved must exceed my desire to receive miracles. It must be a burning, intense, compulsive, insistent drive in the deepest part of my soul. He said this. He said, I must needs go to Samaria. I've got to go somewhere. Somebody is sleeping around, and oh, it's not just sleeping around. Every time she sleeps around, every time he sleeps around, he loses a part of himself. Sometimes a five minute delay in you responding to the call to preach will cause a five year delay in somebody's destiny because you delayed and they didn't hear the word and they didn't respond to the word and they responded to Ephesians for their desires Paul said there is nothing good in my flesh Paul the apostle, you mean your flesh has not graduated? From human flesh to Jesus' flesh. He says this flesh does not graduate. It degenerates. It becomes more depraved. It keeps looking for what can gratify it. He says, I die daily. I'm mortified. Slap somebody a high five and tell them, don't keep those destinies waiting. Right now, somebody's buying drugs because a believer has not preached. Right now, somebody's losing her virginity. Somebody says, well, it's Sunday morning, yes, because they clubbed all night and somebody is so tipsy and fuzzy and clouded in their minds and overwhelmed by all the injection of the alcohol in their bloodstream, they can't even stand. They can't even think. They can't even walk. They can't even make up their faces and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff in the back of a car or under a duvet somewhere or in a tank somewhere, wherever they are. But somebody, somewhere has been sent to preach. Jesus said that there is a bigger thirst in my generation than there is a hunger in my body I must needs go to Samaria isn't it interesting that you are saved let me tell you something if you are saved somebody had a sense of compassion to preach to you if you are saved somebody's sleep was disrupted to pray in the midnight hour if you were saved somebody said no to food at some point if you are saved somebody paid it forward and made the sacrifice now it's your turn it's your turn and the word says that Jesus came to a place called seeker or psyker somebody say psyker how many of you are grateful that when you couldn't see Jesus, Jesus could see you he came to a place called seeker and the word, the meaning for seeker or the meaning of the word seeker it has actually two meanings one of them is lies or falsehood Lies or falsehood. The other one is end. So, seeker is a place of lies and falsehood. This woman came to seeker, a place of lies and falsehood. How many of you know that there are so many lies in our generation? Falsehood in our generation. From Instagram, where with an app you can lose weight of more than a kilogram. You've not gone to the gym, but you look like your gym gym. Somebody say lies. That people actually borrow cars that are not theirs to pose. To look better. God doesn't just want to look better. He wants to make you better. And every time you look better and you are not better, you feel worse than you actually were. Because you're digging a hole in that chasm of emptiness. You're unearthing depths that don't exist. You're sinking into an abyss of delusion, sliding through the slippery slopes of sensuality, self-centeredness, and selfishness until you run into something since it came to seek her, the place of falsehood. Let me say something to you. There is no point coming to the place of truth if you are not ready to represent God in the place of falsehood. Because there are so many Jesus junkies who are addicted to a message and who are addicted to worship and spontaneous worship and will love the miraculous and will love the anointing and that's good. But do you know that Jesus spent more of his time in the streets than in the synagogues? There's no point. Because the power of the truth is deeply appreciated in the domain of falsehood. So we ought not to be just lights and bright lights, blinding lights and lights and dazzling lights and headlamps and, and fog lamps and lights and lights and lights, and lights in light and, light and light and light and making light of the light we're in. Come on, somebody. Because many of us, because we're so used to the light, and we're the light in the light, we've made light of the light in us, and then we're thinking about the message as per how it makes us feel, not what it empowers us to do. So, we've become addicts, sniffing the fuel of faith, but not powering our engines with it. So, you go to the gas tank, you're sniffing the fuel. Hmm. Look at your neighbor. Say the feel. Tell the person the feel. is not for you to get high. It's for you to represent the most high. I didn't ask you to clap, but if you're going to clap, you better clap with passion. I'm almost done for first service. I'm not almost done, but I'm gonna wrap it up in first service that we want to wait for the rest of it. Jesus comes to seeker he comes to the place of falsehood. Because there are many believers that say, I am not like them, therefore I don't relate with them. But you can convert those with whom you have no contact. You can transform if you don't touch, you don't you can't convert if you don't contact. So check out your life if you make five calls a week is there an unbeliever in that call let's talk about it because we're hitting the streets in July and August people but we're not hitting the streets for hitting the streets sake we're hitting the streets so you can develop the consciousness that everywhere you go because somebody's being honest right now to say it is June and I'm not proud to say that I've not even witnessed to one soul this year, don't raise your hand I know there are many of you (laughs) six months gone I'm not saying no soul saved I'm saying no witness direct Because I studied some statistics and they say that the ratio of souls saved compared to believers in churches is 1 to 50. That means for every 50 believers in church, one soul gets saved. My God. Jesus said, I must. Somebody say, "I I must. Evangelism is not an elective in the school of the spirit. It's a compulsory course. It's a course of life. It's not a course you write to pass. It's a course you pass through for life. Evangelism. And there he engages this woman. Isn't that interesting? That this woman has had five husbands. And to the casual observer, she would have been like, you know, the ad mad one she's very good with social intelligence her CV was littered with men but the Bible says can you pray gently but the Bible says that she had an encounter with Jesus an encounter with Jesus that changed everything can I announce to somebody? Jesus is not coming back physically to preach to any Kenny. Some of you might have some manifestations of Jesus, some appearances of Jesus. I'm saying physical body to come and preach. He's not going to do it. After he poured himself into 12, he said, Go into all the world. But do you know what believers do? We go into all the churches. Some of us, apart from our local churches, we go to online church. Then we go to our friend's church. Then we go to the church down the road. Then we go to uncle's church. He says go into all the... Come on. All the... If the church world is your only world, you're living in only a slice of the real world. The founder of the church, not the founder of Christianity, Jesus didn't found Christianity. Men called what he founded Christianity. That's a totally different debate. (laughs) But the builder of the church says, Go into all the world. He's saying that all that you gather, acquire, develop, sharpen, improve upon in the church is to resource you for the world. We'll give you some points on the second service, but we have to go so that they can come. Yes, sir. Some people will never come until we go. Yes, sir. Look at somebody say you, you look sort of like overfed. Tell the person you look overfed. I'm not talking about physical stuff, I'm talking about spiritual stuff. You speak to the scriptures. Let me tell you what. If you can quote John 3:16, you know more Bible than the woman by the well. The woman by the well didn't know John 3 16, but she emptied a whole city. Come on. Did you hear what I just said? So, somebody is saying, I, I don't know enough Bible. God is not looking for scriptural references, He's looking for Christ's representatives. How did the disciples preach without the Bible? Have you thought about it? They were witnesses, they carried life. Josuke Liba, Reposuva and the polaya and Duberia Suve Sheyaba. Father, release the fire and the passion for evangelism. Over this house, the word of the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He says, He that is whole has no need of a physician. I wish somebody would cry and say, Lord, help my soul. I've drifted from this assignment. I've left it uncatered to. I've left it undone. You don't need to pray for signs and wonders. The word says that when preaching, God was with them, confirming their word with signs and wonders. So signs and wonders are confirmatory resources that heaven releases to those who are passionate about souls. You can desire spiritual gifts definitely. But the goal is not God, give me the gift of healing. For what? What's, that's a question. Prophecy for what? Revelation is a resource for establishing the purposes of God. In the earth. I wish I could get more burning hearts that will pour through stammering leaps in prayer. Globo Zaku Zekatasis, Lord help this house. Lord help this house become with repentance in every way we have drifted from the Great Commission. Listen for many of us the Great Commission has become the great omission. It has become the great omission it has become the missing piece in a spiritual puzzle do you remember the time when you were bold and you would just speak on the bus or you walk up to that man by the bus station it's not supposed to be a season of your life it's supposed to be the ongoing reality of your daily experience you carry the Jesus they're looking for the Jesus in you is not inferior to the Jesus in Billy Graham The Jesus in you is not inferior to the Jesus in Renard Bonnke. The Jesus in you is not inferior to the Jesus in me. The Jesus in you is not inferior to the Jesus in the person that witnessed to you and brought you the message of the gospel. It's the same Jesus. He dwells in your heart by faith. Paul says that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. How does it dwell in your heart? By faith. He is there. He lives there. He's not going anywhere. going to give us about two more minutes but can we be intense can you focus on the one who can help us all and say jesus 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 help this house Let the fire of intercession burn again. Let the fire of soul winning consume us. Let us not only petition you for things but intercede for souls. To intercede for souls until compassion becomes a critical part of our lifestyle. So we can see souls as you see them. Desire their transformation. As you desire them, as you long for them, you are the good shepherd, looking for the lost sheep that must be brought into the fold. Aye, Father, we come with repentance this morning over our forgetfulness over our carelessness over our disobedience over our apathy over our lethargy we receive forgiveness by the provisions of grace We confess the Lord that we have not done well in this era. We have not passed it on. We have not allowed the light in us to shine. We have replaced the desire for souls with the desire for other things. And God, we just say we are sorry. With our hands lifted, Lord, we receive grace. We obtain mercy in this time of need. In this time of need, in this time of need, we receive grace. We obtain mercy. We obtain mercy. Ayato Let the fire for souls begin to burn again. Let your passion be our passion. Let your compassion be our compassion let your burden be our burden let us care about what you care about let us know that you don't care about those perishable things that are present themselves as important but that you care about souls and nations and generations and people groups and ethnicities father let a fire burn in this house let kings be set ablaze with a driving deeper dominant desire to reach out Let us know that it's not about our eloquence. It's not about articulation. It's not about scriptural references and coordination. It's about the Christ in us. The hope of glory. Father, we'll shine the lights every day of this week. We'll be intentional about preaching the gospel. Walk in this newness. We walk in this transformational revelation that we carry Jesus in us. And we're not going to keep Jesus trapped in Jerusalem or Nazareth or Galilee. We're taking him to Samaria. We're taking him to Seekar because we have to seek heart that was lost and bring her into the saving knowledge of Christ. Thank you, Father.